March 25, 2023, it's a watch for Pedro's show.
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Uh, start off with John Coltrane. This is uh, when he was with Dizzy Gillespie in 1951, a radio broadcast from Birdland, 1951. I can't get started. John Coltrane is a sideman, people. We all start somewhere, right? Now we had Horrors, period, with Charlie Chaplin routine. You smell a little vaudeville work in the room. Because of those Skype um, engineers from Estonia, we're able to talk, make Pedro Atlanta connection. Brother Christian, welcome aboard. Man, thank you for having me. Yep, right away we got to give credit to Brother Eric Dayton for the connect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. big time. And what I'd like from you is your earliest musical recollection, please. Uh, well, I've been obsessed with music since I was a little kid. I used to uh, I used to come home from school, and, you know, both my folks were working. I was fortunate to have two parents, um, and they were at work, so I would get home, and, and uh, my dad had a stereo in the garage, and I would get a little stepladder and drag it over to the workbench and climb up the stepladder and sit on the workbench because that's where the speakers were, and then kind of angled the speakers in so they were like a giant pair of headphones and listen to the radio um and i gosh i was under 10 i was in grade school then so i had to be seven eight years old was this in and, florida yeah 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 i would do that until they came home i mean i used to think music was magic and i still kind of do to an extent now what um, did you when you got done with this you put the speakers back where they belonged or did you pop i mean how do you deal with that i don't i don't remember if i did or not <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I never got because maybe he dug maybe he dug the fucking headphone arrangement too. <laughs> maybe maybe they were well. I'm sure they were hip to it. I mean, I was yeah. I was just a little kid, so I didn't know any better. But I never got in trouble for it. But yeah. my parents were into music too, so they weren't musicians, but they were they were music fan. My my well, grandfather. Well, can I ask it. you if there was any instruments in the pad you grew up? None, not a one. Well, they could play the radio. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, Remember I, that know. Beverly Hills band, Jethro's got, he's trying to be a musician and he finds a little wind up motherfucking thing. I know, I can play this one the best, Uncle Jeff. Oh, man, so, I, was, I was in the garage trying to build a guitar with like just wood and, and yeah, I wanted one long before I got one. Okay, I, okay. That's what it for a long time. Why, why? Why do you think? No, man. I. Did you I see something on TV? Did you hear some, uh, some uh, a certain? Tell me, what was the first record you bought with your old money? Uh, I think it was the first Van Halen record. And what was the first gig you saw in person? Uh, the Scorpions. Whoa! And uh, I yeah, had uh, and, what was it? Robot yeah. Man. I think maybe one of the first or second records in trance. They were yeah, pretty good band. I know they got a little corny. Actually, they're still torn, right? German guys. Yeah, but they were great before they got corny, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they really that were. Stuff. I mean, I think they're oh laughing, God. too, right? They know, you know. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> but, man, I remember that in trance, Robot Man was a great song. Uh, what Can I ask you about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? I was in both, yeah. And would, uh, you, would, would you work? What's that? The instrument. Oh, uh, Besides the voice, of course, band. for choir. but Yeah, yeah. Um, I played the drums in marching band, although I wasn't really a drummer. It just seemed like the coolest thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, it's not very cool to be a marching band, but if you're going to do it, <laughs> that, that seems like the least corny thing to do. Yeah. You know? Which one? Like kick or the tom? The toms like were the massive yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like triple dealios they got nowadays and shit. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, it was cool. I just, I really wanted just to just be involved in, with music any way I could. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, so you start trying to build band, this guitar so. where in the garage, like with your pops. With you said the workbench. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would just like get pieces of wood and try to stretch, like put a nail on that or in, and try to stretch a, a a string on it or like a piece of wire on it until I could make it make a sound, and it just never worked, you know. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I wanted one for just a long time, and I, you know, we weren't in a position where my parents could get me one or anything. But I started a, uh, I started working, you know, after school and stuff, really young, like maybe seventh or eighth grade, and that was that yeah. was why because I wanted a guitar. Okay, and, uh, and that's how you got your first guitar. Yeah, and I got like a like a crummy one, like you would you'd expect. Right. But uh, I was saving up for my first car, and when I when I turned sixteen and I had all that money, instead of buying my first car, I bought like a real, you know, for lack of a better word, professional guitar. But that's actually uh, the second guitar. Right. Right. But I was at that point, I was playing in a band, and I was like. Okay, I, you know, well, let's I, then let's go back when you got that first crummy guitar. Now, how did you yeah. learn? Did you try to like copy songs off records, or did you get a teacher, yeah. or did you get? Oh, so self-taught. Yeah, yeah, I would just put the record on. I'm like, I knew you know major and minor chords, but I didn't know how to play bar chords or anything. And I, I was like, I can tell this is the same note, but it just doesn't sound the same. I thought maybe it's because I needed like a big amp or something. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand what bar chords were, or power chords, or whatever you want to call them. And how'd you um, find out? I think, I think I was um, from playing with, uh, you know, my friends. One of my friends oh, yeah, Mark you say you got in a band. Now, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, me and uh, my junior high friends were all just obsessed with music. Yeah. Uh, we were, I met Eric through, Eric Dayton through skating, because all of us skateboarded and all of us, you know, like, like most people's story, we were into hardcore and punk and stuff, but we were yeah. also into skating. And uh, I remember specifically going, if I really want to pursue music, I should probably ease up on the skateboarding. And I did. I just kind of like, I went full force into music. And my friends and I just started a band. And, you know. Now, whoever... these guys, they were like skaters who turned musician, too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. Definitely. Did this band have a name? Yeah, I was. Okay, so the first band I was ever in, I think I was in seventh grade. I was like 12. That was called The Naked Truth. Whoa. Yeah, I know, right? Now, now what was the material? Were you guys like copying songs or writing your own? We were mostly writing our own because ah, I, couldn't, great. I, I couldn't really learn other people's songs. Sure. And then, you know, you kind of get liberated by, by punk rock. And you go, Absolutely. Oh, I, I can do it too. So why, why am I wasting time learning? You well, know? do you remember the first Naked Truth gig? Jeez, uh, I don't know that I remember the first. First or maybe gig. you didn't do gigs. Some bands, right? They're just brack bands, jam bands. Yeah, we, I, you know, we had like a um, like a storage space that we practiced in, uh -huh. um, and we would invite people over there. So we would kind of have like parties and stuff, and you know, just kids, you know, mostly skate kids and like yeah. goth kids stuff like that. We just come to the practice space, and we would just you know play all the songs we knew. So that was it was informal, but I mean, we did it a lot. Did you cats have a PA? did oh yeah. wow okay yeah i was like from the word go i was like we're doing this you know yeah 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 so, but you can't remember the first gig because I, I wonder no. you could only have your first gig once i wonder if it was a success or failure i mean i logic would you know 
it was probably a failure, but at the time, yeah. I'm sure I was so excited that it felt like a success. So that's really yeah. all that matters. Yep, know? that's right. And that you want to do a second one, right? Yeah, yeah. Once you get the bug, man. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Look, you gave me this. I see you also. This is a great title for a tune. I see you also wearing a black T-shirt. Let's <laughs> <laughs> play. Yeah.
Send us up off the plane onto the runway Under the command of a sunny day Misery music on tonight's show Somebody is humming all the
Goodbye, says Jack Kerouac. Yeah, I'm leaving town today. Got my fears in my rucksack, but my tears are all packed away. Said I'm sorry I'll disappoint you, but I've always been this way. Yeah, I walk about and yeah I wander, but I never settled in. Well, it's the best times I ever had. Best times stole. Those days just going on. I'm searching for they go. Yeah, I'm searching for they go. So I light another fire to sip inside. And your boat ain't another dream Cause this boxcar goes on forever But it takes me to where I wanna go So I'll live my life forever
ocean lies between us, keeping us apart. Waiting for a signal, sitting by the radio.
Watch for Pedro Show, that chunk of music. It started off with horse, period. See, you you are also wearing a black T-shirt. And then we had, this is kind of an excerpt from this new album, so they took a little piece, right, because it's one big jam. Uh, Stefano Polia and Valerio Tricoli with uh, Cantor Park. Like I said, an excerpt. The album's coming, and it's beautiful. Uh, of course, he's a guitar man for Sojourner by Nile. A-P-A-T-T. That's a acronym. I have no knowledge of what it stands for. A-P-A-T-T. And uh, I fucking hate Tamla Motown. What, maybe that's a person. Hopefully you don't hate Motown, you A-Pat people. Because it's a bitch. Chris Murphy after that with The Tower. Now we played a live version from the alley here in Pedro by the D-Boone graffiti Chris Murphy did. But this is a song off his record. Tim Hohouse, live. He's he's on tour now, but I think in Europe. But this was a U.S. thing a couple of years ago. On the Roads, plural. Apollo with Among the Ruins, brand new. EPS Summer, this is a reissue from uh, some trip in the 90s. On You. Then out of Anchorage, Alaska, Muskeg, Mudsuck with Laporte. There's Laporte in Indiana, too. I know I've driven by fucking Willie Wallman's room. And finally, horrors, period, with I have a prepared statement. <laughs> yeah. Does, when do the titles come, first or last with you? First. Yeah, same with what? If I don't have a title, I got no focus. I yeah, think right, exactly. You need a box to work in, right? Right. Everything's going to aid in the bet to realize that. Exactly right. But so many people I ask that, Christian, they say, no, I put them at the end. Sort of like bass lines, right? At the yeah. end. I don't know. I can't work that way. There's, there's too many options, man. I need to be, I, I, yeah, I need to have a frame to work in. Or, and you're or, saying, or, right? I won't with, do it, man. It's yeah. too much. I understand. It's like nebulous, right? That's why yeah. I think it's a law to go to sea, you need an anchor. People think, why do you need an anchor? Because fucking a boat just floating around can hurt other boats. <laughs> That's anchor. right. Okay. So uh, what about, now you were telling me that original stuff started with the fucking uh, Truce guys. And uh, can you remember the first song you wrote? Uh, yeah, actually I do. It was kind of like, a, uh, uh, you know how like The Cure had a couple different sort of um, periods of their band and that first period was well i remember the killing the arab with a symbol sound like trash can lids (laughs) yeah actually that's a real i think that was a good uh version of that band i think they were just a trio then what's that i think they were just a trio then yeah absolutely robert smith was playing guitar and then simon gallup was playing bass and they had a couple different drummers over the years but uh yeah, so we were just ba- I, well, not we. I, I was just basically kind of trying to mine that because it seemed like I, I was actually able to learn a couple of their songs, which is you know. I, I Did you get that first album? Fancy, but did you get that first album? Because that first album, they didn't have any names for the songs. They had little tiny pictures. No. Yeah, I never even saw it's that. called Three Imaginary Boys, and if you can check it out, it didn't have names. It had little pictures. That's amazing. Yeah. I remember that. That's the last thing I heard from him. Because I'm like you. I had the 45s, Killing an Arab. And I think yeah. boys don't cry. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's an English version and an American version of that. Mine came uh, of from the first couple of records. And they're a little different. A couple little, couple different tracks and stuff. Different cover art and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the art was just these photographs. And then for instead of words, they had little pictures. 
That's a great idea. It was it was a trip, you know. But yeah. uh, I got to meet him once. He uh, Jay Maskers was opening for him, dinosaur, like Rose Bowl or some shit. And he was a really nice guy. He was they were playing ping pong, and he was really good. I remember. He didn't speak much, but he was very nice. Isn't that uh, funny when you start seeing kind of behind the curtain and you're just like, that's a regular guy. That's just a regular guy. Yeah, he was. You know, he, there's I mean, all this mystique. I mean, less so now. because And also no career. chip, no attitude. And some dudes that's who awesome. aren't even near as famous as he is, lots of attitude. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We got to do a Roskilde Festival over in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, they were on that. And, um, I mean, we didn't get to meet him or anything, of course, but, like, when they were – when they were playing, obviously they were headlining. I was backstage and I took a little video of myself backstage because I, you know, when I was a kid, I, that's all I, all I ever wanted was to kind of be, was kind of be involved, you know? And, and, and there I was, you know, playing across the ocean and, and this band that I grew up listening to was, was on the same festival. And I, I felt like I'd arrived, man. Like yeah, I, yeah. I don't need anything else. I'm good. Everything else is gravy. You know, I've got everything I want and more, and more than I want. It's that gratitude is it's, you can't manufacture it, but when it hits you in an honest way, it's, it's spectacular. Well, I'm glad that you got the capacity for it because some motherfuckers, you know, they get this entitled thing, and that's weird. You ain't kidding, man. Yeah, that's really weird. So, and then let me tell the listeners, Ross Kilda people is a big fucking festival in Denmark. It was okay. real nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, now, how long does this band with your skater buddies last? Um, Through junior high, because we went to, um, like, Eric... And I went to the same junior high, but then we went okay. to different high schools. Okay. Um, Eric wasn't in the band or anything, but it was like the same circle of people, you know. Okay. Uh, so, so what, what happens to you music-wise? How do you evolve? Well, let's see. We were that first band was a trio. I played guitar and sang, and there was a bass player and a drummer. Yeah. Uh, my friend Scott um, was a bass player, but we couldn't find a drummer, so he just bought a drum kit and, and started learning how to play drums. And our other friend. Um, but, you know, you p- used his bass gear. It was just like, you know, it's a small community of people. Sure, so sure. like all hands on deck, you know. And this becomes the high school band. Oh, you didn't tell me about the first song you wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that song was, yeah, it was called um, Like in June is what it was called. And it was influenced by and, Cure. What's that? It's influenced by Cure. Absolutely. Bob Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, or that early, like real stripped down. Right, real right. Kind of any late night cure yeah before they got like really sort of uh grand which i love that stuff too but you know it was just a different vibe. like most things they got phases right they got a journey and they're going through different trips yeah for sure okay so uh uh how does that well they're, they're both trios the junior high band and the high school band but how are they different people are um, different. well the high school band we uh we kind of um me and Scott, who were in the first band, uh, were like best friends. And he was playing drums in that first band, but yeah. then they switched us um, over to bass. Yeah, he we were in the storage spaces where we were practicing. There was this older band of like teenage dudes, and uh, we could hear like they were like really good and like playing songs that you know maybe weren't our style, but like you could just tell they were really good musicians. Yeah, and and we we met the uh, drummer for that band. And he had like, like, um, like punk rock stickers and stuff on his on his car. So we were like, "Why is he in this band playing like this music?" That's like, I mean, I don't want to denigrate it, but it it, it didn't seem like the right band for him. So we yeah. 
we plotted on stealing him and we did. Whoa. And yeah. So he joined our band and, uh, and then a friend of mine from high school became the singer and I just played guitar and another friend of mine, um, joined the band. He played guitar too. So there were five of us and that band was called children of Eden. Do you remember first was- children of Eden gig? Yeah, I do because we played on the black, a back of like a flatbed trailer. Whoa. Yeah. And we had all of our, um, it was, it was stationary, but like, it wasn't very safe. <laughs> it was just kind of like we were like rocking, you know, and 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 the amps were also rocking. Well, what like was the event? I'm curious. What's the event? It was some community center thing. We had okay. like a um, community center where where kids would go to summer camp and sure. kind of after school stuff to keep you out of trouble. Yep. They, they had like functions once in a while, like in the, on the weekends in the afternoon. And yeah, we knew somebody who knew somebody, and they asked if we wanted to do it, and we were happy to do it yeah okay and so this gig was a success yeah it was awesome i felt i felt like i was a professional musician at 15 you know right right how long does this band go all through high school all through high school yeah um and then i i left south florida to go to college in north carolina and so that band broke up and did that band ever get to tour no, we just did. You know, we played regional shows, but but we you were... know what, Florida's pretty. You can make a good five, six, seven gig tour in Florida. Yeah, we would go to shows all the time, and like in Tampa and St. Pete, Miami and Orlando, uh-huh. we would drive. Uh, I mean, I saw a bunch. I saw like Exploited at Cameo Theater, and um, I remember that place. Yeah, DOA and uh, Necro, DOA, great band. Bunch, yeah, a bunch of punk bands would come down there. In the eighties, so like right. I was able to see it. It seems like stuff. less and less the more south though. It seems like they want the Jacksonville gigs, the Tallahassee yeah. and the Gainesville and Man, where we grew up is way down the bottom. Right. And in fact, yeah. when I was first torn, there was one way, especially yeah. from the west side, called Alligator Alley. It was a hundred miles exactly. without a gas station. Yep. Exactly right. That goes from like Naples to Miami, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Eric and I went to high school in Naples. Yeah. And I grew up about 30 miles south of that. Okay. <laughs> so we were pretty isolated. Yeah. yeah. I, to, I, I ordered Doc Martens out of the back of Crashy Magazine because they oh, weren't wow. available in stores. Right. I, I, I don't yeah. think people, because Florida's bent like, they don't realize how big it is. It's a big fucking place. Dude, it's massive. Yeah. 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 So, but you guys didn't get the torn. The, the torn you did was to go see gigs. <laughs> Absolutely. We would, I mean, yeah, Miami was two hours. Tampa was three. Orlando was probably four or five even. Yeah. Like we would absolutely. Yeah. But I was happy to do it. I didn't care. I was like, something cool is coming close to us and it's not, you know, Fog hat or something. I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, Fog hat's probably rad, but when you're a punk rock. I saw them a few times. You know what band they hating stuff, you know? You know where they came from? It was a band called Savoy Brown. Some of the guys. Oh, sure. Yeah. I saw Kiss open for. Kiss would open for anybody. I saw Savoy Brown. Uh, Look, we're at the end of the first hour, uh, March 25, 2023. Uh, Special guest Christian from the Whores. Hold tight for hour two. March 25, 2023, second hour, what? Pedro Show.
Alfred Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with horrors, period. Mental illness is a mating ritual. That's a very astute observation there. Christian. <laughs> Alexander Hacker with Ghetto. This is another part of his uh, big old opera about this imaginary young man growing up in Berlin. Imaginary beings after that with the Dibbing. This is from a, a compilation benefit Ukraine with this horrible situation. A horrors period, playing poor. So, okay, you go to college in North Carolina. What, what like Durham uh, or uh, uh, Chapel Hill? Or? When I, I went, uh, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to just play in a band. Yeah. And our high school band was, we were like trying to figure out what we were going to do because we knew we couldn't really stay in South Florida because there was nothing there for us. So at that time, the scene in Athens, Georgia was kind of really happening. So we thought maybe we'll move to Athens and uh, start a band there. Which is the big college town there, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the 80s, God, it was that was the spot, you know, before there was a, a Seattle or, or, or Right, R.E.M. was from there. Pylon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was a, there was a bunch of rad stuff. Um, so... We had gone up there and I, you know, I was like, maybe I can go, maybe we, I can, you know, our band can move here. Maybe I can go to school here too. But like, I couldn't get into the school there because it's a pretty good school. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't even been applying to schools. I just, I didn't, I didn't care, man. I, you know, I wanted to play music. It's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I didn't really know what else to do. And sort of without my knowledge, my mom had, had, God bless her, had like a, a, a you know, filled out applications on my behalf. And, my sister was going to school in North Carolina, so I just looked up a bunch of schools in North Carolina because she was there. So I ended up going to um, UNCG for, uh, I mean, I went there for four years, but I failed out. Like the last semester of school, I got two, I took four, I didn't even take five classes. I took four classes. I got two Fs, a withdrawal and an incomplete. There, <laughs> <laughs> man. I was playing music, and I was right. It right. was really just a means. Where, where, where uh, Greensboro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know who's there on guitar is uh, Professor Eugene Chadbourne. I knew you were going to yeah. say Eugene Chadbourne. Of course, he's like a he's like a saint right, in that part right. of the world. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, um, but you get you do get some music going, right? Yeah, there was a great, a real vibrant DIY scene there. Although we didn't call it that back then, it was just. You know, punks. Um, right. A lot of really cool stuff. I saw a ton of cool bands. That was between ninety and ninety four. Um, so and I, it's, you know, it's kind of a torn, of a kind of torn corridor. I forty. Yeah, man. And boy, at that time, that was like super chunk, Palbo, Archers of Loaf. I mean, sure. it was it was a really fertile time uh, in the country, and but North Carolina, in particular, was really happening then. So I I lucked into that. I didn't know. There was a burgeoning scene there. It just kind of naturally happened. Um, yeah, so I went up there and, you know, I tried to start a series of bands up there, but nothing really significant. Um, I can't even remember names of bands. I mean, yeah, I was in, I started a couple bands by myself with a couple friends. Um, but, I mean, we played like house parties and stuff, but we never really toured or anything. Um, just couldn't get it together. And around that time too, I really started getting into uh, hard drugs. So that and touring don't really go together because you nope. can't be too far away. <laughs> Ask Johnny Thunders. Yeah, man. Even though I love him, and you know, incredible guitar man, but man, that shit fucked him up. 
Yeah, it's I got a lot of dead friends, man. I think we all do. You yeah, know, I mean, I've, I've been sober almost 20 years now, but like, yeah, it's a it's a bitch, man. I got into that stuff and that kind of put a damper in the pamper. I mean, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to do. You know, <laughs> I didn't care about anything else. So that it's was a, that. It's a greedy wife, people. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that shit. But, yeah, the life deals you a hand, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I remember making a conscious choice of, like, I I knew that I couldn't be part of, like, you know, I don't want to say mainstream society, but I knew I I was different. Yeah. And I remember going, like, if I can't be first, I don't want to be second, third, or fourth. I'm just going to be last because I can choose to be last. Right. And I'm going to be as bad as I, as I, which is really juvenile. But I remember, I was a kid, though. Yeah. I remember thinking, I'm just going to go as hard as I can for as long as I can. Now, and now, did that for about ten years. Man. Let let me clear something up, because a lot of people think it's music that gets you into that. But did music help you get out of that? It did. Yeah. It, it yeah. Did. Yeah. It's See, what people. I to do. It's who I was. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I'm so glad. Ten years of hell, though, right? Yeah, it okay. sucked, man. It was horrible. Daily, daily thing, man. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I got this. Uh, Baby teeth. Maybe that's what it was like. It's like baby teeth. You had to lose them. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's what that song is about, man. Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. You can't go home. How you like, Yeah. your past kind of makes makes you who you are now. But not only can you not go back to the, the place in geography, you can't go back to that place in time. It doesn't exist anymore. It has to die for you to have a, a future, you know? That, that makes great sense, Brother Chris. Let's listen.
Pedro show that chunk of music. Start out with Horrors period. Baby teeth. Then Monday UFO. Brand new. Visions of Fatima. Uh, Jack Carrots. Another tune for that uh, benefit compilation. This is part one of three. Drones of War. And then Horrors period with Ghost Trash. So we're halfway through the show. Let's get into this Horrors <laughs> period thing. How'd that come about? Well, uh, after I... I mean, this, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to dance around it and not say it, but after I got sober, basically. Yeah, uh, got off the I, shit. Yeah, I, you know, I got the clarity to, to, to really look at my life and say, what do I want to do? What, yeah. what, what, what is, who do I want to be? You know, it was yeah. kind of a clean slate, which turned, you know, as a lot of people who've been through stuff, which all of us have, no, it's, it, it kind of distills it at least it distilled my life down to a very simple place, which was good for me. And I, I, I knew I wanted to play music um, and I knew I didn't want to do it as a hobby and there's nothing wrong with doing it as a hobby. I think it's great. I think it's really good for people emotionally and spiritually and you can sort of commune with other people without talking. It's, I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. It's uh, it's really special, but I, I wanted to do it uh, at a level that I could devote my life to it. So I really put my mind to it and I started playing with, I was working at a coffee shop. Um, I was in, treatment for eight and a half months lived there like a halfway house all that stuff um and i started working at this coffee shop and i started just talking to everybody at that point i didn't i had one one guitar that my sister bought me for um christmas the previous year because i had sold every piece of musical equipment i had that's what the shit does you people yeah man i mean there's no yeah that's exactly what it does man um and i at at one point had like a pretty good nice stable of stuff and it's just all all went away yeah um, so I, you know, I started writing some songs. I didn't even have an amp at that time, but I got a four track and I could play the guitar through the four track. And if I turned up one of the channels real loud, it would kind of distort naturally. So it kind of sounded like an amp and I had headphones, you know, and, uh, I just started writing these songs and started playing with a couple different people. And, uh, I knew, I, I knew I wanted to call the band whores for a long time. Um, and it's a real drag because a lot of people, you know, just take it at face value and think it's like misogyny or or think it's think it's at best like tone deaf like i don't i don't know what i'm saying and nothing could be further from the truth you know i think the nature of the music and the fact that we're from georgia people think that we're like these hicks and it's just like it's just not the case man but you know i come from a world that's a little a little more counterculture like i you know sure yeah it's just like i mean i think there are certain people who get it there are certain people who like it for the wrong reasons and there are certain people who just hate it on on at face value and i've come to peace with the I come to terms with the fact that I can't control that stuff, man. Um, I know what I mean, and I know what what it means to me. Uh, and and you know, I, I I just have to let that stuff go. Um, let, let me put this out there. My my buddy writer Richard Meltzer, he has a book called A Horror Just Like the Rest, and he's exactly talking right. about what happened to him when he's writing record reviews. He felt like he was with the musicians. And then he felt like it had degraded to such a lame place. He was just a shill for these big labels. Yeah. So it was nothing to do with making women trying to feel small. It was the idea of being, yeah, not giving we're, respect. We're calling ourselves that. That's we're saying, right. Absolutely. Yeah, like, a, you know, the, the world that we've, that, we've, that we've crafted, the world that we live in, forces you to basically work for someone else right. at, at, all, at all times. And that, that's wrong, man. And can you I add- be your own person. Absolutely. And life's about taking turns anyway. You know, Jesus, why is it always that one way street? Right? And yeah. Can I ask yeah. you about the period? Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I'm doing this sort of um, continuum with the records like they're all 
they all have a similar cover art. They all have similar, you know, one, one word titles and uh, the period just seemed to make sense to me. Cause it's sort of not, it's, it's not apologizing. It's saying like, this is what it is. Yeah, a, right. This is a line in the sand and I, you know, I'm going to die on this hill. Right. I want to be plain spoken. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize. Right, right, for this. Right. This, is, this is, you know, this is my thing. And I don't have to please you. This is not the the customer service counter at, at Walmart. You know, I don't have to I don't have to please you, man. Yeah. Understood, understood. This is some artistic expression. You gonna let that fucking freak flag fly. You better believe it. We're at the end of the second hour, March 25, 2023. This what Peter's your special guest, Christian from the Horrors, period. Hold tight for hour three. March 25, 2023, it's the third hour of Watch for Pete Rose Show.
Live from Pedro's show. Start off the third hour with Of Course You Do from Mars period. Then part two or three of Jack Hertz's Drones of War from that uh, cop benefit cop from Ukrainian six. Horse period with particip participation trophy. Do you remember the first horse gig? Uh yeah, we we opened for um Rob Crow, Rob Crow's band. Um, oh, Rob God, Crow's been on the show. Yeah, man. What a, I mean, I loved uh, pretty much everything he's he's done, man. But and I actually just got to see Plosives not too long ago up at up at St. Vitus in Brooklyn. They're they're great. But uh, yeah, it was his band Goblin Cock. Uh, we got to open for them. I think that was our first show. And was this success? Yeah, it was great. Now, who was uh, in the band? Uh, same. Uh, no, you've gone through what, like three different drummers. Th Something Four like different yeah, drummers and three different bass different. players, right? Yeah, something like that. I just keep trying to remind myself that, like... Now, now was that Jack guy? Was, was he the guy from way back? No, who, uh, who was sorry, the first well, bass man? Who was the original guy? Yeah, a bass. Um, well, my friend Stephen Higginbottom That's it, Steven, played, played Steven. bass on the, first, on the first EP, and then Jake joined for the second EP... And then Casey, who's in the band now, was on the last record and is on the new record as okay. well. Okay. And then the drummies, it's like one each, right? Same thing, man. Yeah. I mean, same thing. It's like, I mean, I know part of it is because I'm, you know, I don't want to say an asshole, but like I'm, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very particular and I know what I want. And okay. I don't really put up with half-assedness, man. I don't, man. I don't. Right. And I won't. Well, how did, you, how, did, how did you fix, uh, get the first crew? How did you find them? Like ads in the paper or just people you knew? I mean, um, Stephen and I became friends um, just through a mutual friend, and uh, we had both played in another band as kind of sidemen. And then I got kicked out of that band because I wasn't really a good enough guitar player. And then he quit that band to start a band with me. Oh wow! Yeah. Trippy. Um, and then the drummer who was on the first two EPs, Travis, and I had played in some bands before I got sober. Um, nothing of real consequence, just like kind of local bands and stuff. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to so denigrate it, 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 but it, you, you know. kind of picked the guys more like just because they were around, so you didn't really know what it was like to be in a band with them yet. Uh, yeah, ex except for yeah. the sideman stuff. But when you're the shot caller, it's a lot different, right? Yeah, no one knows unless you've been in the position. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's tough, people, to try to get everybody on board. You know, yeah. to pull together as a band that that's quite a talent. I mean, just the music part is one thing, but then when yeah. you start, you know, throwing touring in there and like life stuff. And oh, you got to get along with each them. other, right? Yeah. yeah, man. It's a whole kettle of fish. Yeah, absolutely. You can really tell <laughs> how things are shaking out. <laughs> yeah, man. So, 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 uh, you're the main whore man. So uh, were you always the man responsible for the tunes? Yeah, definitely. So d d let me ask you about composition. Did you make de demos or would you like jam with your guys? Usually demos. And I still do it to the same to the same same way now. Like I won't bring in a completed song, but I won't bring in just a single riff either. I yeah. try to do, if I like, if I make something up that I think is cool, I try to at least, at the very least, have some kind of counterpoint to it, even if it's, even if it ends up, not being part of the song just so we don't like because we're not really like finesse musicians and that's okay but like so we can't really jam really because i mean i guess if we smoked weed it would be fun to just <laughs> over and over again 
but like to just play like the same thing 64 yeah. times is like unless you're doing like a kraut rock thing or like yeah you're right a groove. Like trying to be real repetitive which that stuff is awesome but um yeah so we don't really jam it's just kind of like i make up a riff and then play that and then you know try to find something that you can go into and then come back out of seamlessly and then kind of play it with with the other people and then ideas start kind of coming when we and you're and you're still a title man right so the title's there yeah 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 like yeah I, I try to do that first um it usually it's i do have a running list of titles but i also kind of try to listen to what the song sounds like the riff or whatever yeah. and, and and try to in my mind at least try to try to use a title that that reminds me of the song so when i'm looking at like different different files or something i can go oh i know what that song is without having to listen to it because the title Remind yeah. me what it sounds like. If that makes any sense? Yeah, yeah. It it it, it, uh, it it acquires its own persona. Yeah, yeah. It's just easier, like in an organizational yeah. capacity, you know, to right. do that. Which is good, so it don't sound like you're in rerun mode. Uh, yeah. You, you gave me this bloody like the day you were born.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. We started that Chuck music off with some reality, people. Bloody like the day you're born. I'm sorry. Might be a little messy, but that's the reality on the dealio, okay? Horrors, period. Jack Hurts having that with part three of three of his Drones of War. Tune for that Ukrainian comp, benefit comp. And finally, Horrors, period, with Imposter Syndrome. Now, I think all these songs we were playing, the other ten, they're all from the new record, right? But I think this was from the past a little bit. The um, so the it's the opposite. So the the, <laughs> gold the opposite, is the sorry. record that has been out for a little while. We've okay. got a new record uh, coming out, but and that song "Imposter Syndrome" is on the new record that's not released. Okay, yet. that's why I didn't see it on the uh, Bandcamp. Okay, right. It's there. Yeah, the opposite. So we we've, we've recorded thirteen songs. I think we're probably going to release ten of those. Um, and then and, and how would you say, okay, from the 10 we heard today, and now we got this guy here from the new batch, what would you say is the biggest difference between the two records? Um, that's interesting. Well, there's um, some personnel changes, right? Yeah. A case the same bass player, Casey Maxwell is on, uh, both. And, um, Douglas, who's playing drums in our band now, is just a godsend. He's like, he's like my little brother or something. How'd uh, you meet him? Yeah, he's a he's a really good dude. How'd you meet him? Um, so we were looking for a drummer because Donnie, who played drums on Gold, is a dad, and he has two kids. And we were touring a lot on that last record. Yeah, and fine when his kids were really young, but as soon as they got a little bit older, then about five or so, they they were kind of hip to what was going on, and they knew that he was going to be leaving. And it just you know he would be leaving, we'd be in the driveway picking him up, and they wouldn't even look at him. They were so mad at him. Know, and just breaking his heart oh um, yeah and he, he just he couldn't keep doing it man and he i know he wanted to and he just couldn't not because someone told him not to but he he didn't want to miss his kids growing he felt up in his own art yeah 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 god bless him we still talk i talked to him a couple days ago two days ago okay and so anybody knows people especially with rock and roll rock music drummer's gonna make a big diff Woo! you're not kidding yeah so he's a lot younger than you yeah. And yeah, you were looking um, for a replacement and how'd he follow following you guys' lap? So we were I guess he was living in he's from Montana. He's from Missoula, Montana, but he was living in um some some in Portland and some in San Francisco and a, a mutual friend of ours uh said, Hey, I think I think that band might be looking for a drummer and I think you might be like the perfect guy for that. We didn't even know each other at all. So we talked a little bit and um he he recorded himself playing some of our songs and then he literally just got on a plane and came down here with a backpack and some cymbals and uh so we were talking i was like so what um you know did you get like a like are you staying like where are you staying and how? he had no plans he just got a plane ticket and came to the airport we're talking like, to people we're dude. talking about across the country <laughs> that's what's up that's i would do the same thing i was like let me just get there i'll figure it out yeah that's yeah and he just came here and we we started playing together and he's, you know, he's like a, he's like a baby Dave Grohl or something like he's just oh, got the, that guy he's just play. got the intensity that we, we need, man, because yeah. like I mentioned earlier, we're not a finesse band. We're a brute force band. And if you're not playing with real, yeah. real heart and real, you know, playing kind of with your, your, your heart, not your hands. Um, right. I understand what you mean, do it, man. And he was doing it. He immediately got it. Even though he's much younger than us. And, uh, Sometimes that's just a fucking 
you know, statistic because it, the, the chemistry is what counts, and nobody picks when they're born. Right? And Sly Stone said, "It's not where you're from; it's where you're at." Yeah, that's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, what's the plan now? Right. You record the album with him. You guys going to go tour? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And where yeah. can where can it, people been... find you on the internet, Christian? Um, well, the, we have a regular website that's just horseband. One word.com. You got that people. Com. That's W H O R E S B A N D.com. Right. Yep. Okay. Go there. And there's probably links to all the other places. Yep. And when, when's tour coming this, this summer? We've got a, um, we have a European tour in September. Okay. Fall, fall that's, people. Yeah. And then we have a couple, um, festival shows. We've got one in, um, Minneapolis and one in Salt Lake City here in the spring and summer. Okay. Um, and then when this new record comes out, we're waiting on a release date still. But as soon as we get a release date, we'll uh, announce the U.S. tour. Can, can we'll I ask you, I know you just got this album done, but a lot of cats I talk to, when they get one done, they're already thinking of the next one. Are you? Dude, it's crazy. So, like, <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about this record that we finished for so long that as soon as we were at the point where I was like, okay, I can step away from it now. I wrote nine songs in like four days <laughs> and then just wrote a tenth one like two days ago. And Douglas and I went in the practice space and oh. demoed like those first nine. And yeah. We haven't demoed the tenth one yet. I just got like a, a recording I made at home. But like, I think my brain just went like, okay, we're free now. Yeah. And then boom, 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 boom. It was uh, crazy beautiful. how fast it happened. Well, can I put this out here to you? When you get that fucking thing recorded, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? Hell yes. Oh, bitches. Beautiful. Thank you, brother Eric Dayton, for making the connect with me and Christian. And thank you so much Thanks, for being Walker. on the show. Absolute. People, been March 25, 2023 edition. Watch for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.